a family graduation party was the event of the year last summer. My cousins and I texted about what to wear. What normally would have been a drop-in, say-hi-head-out kind of thing was the center around which the whole month revolved. It was something to do in a year without a whole lot of somethings to do. Now, as we climb closer out of the deep pit that has been this pandemic, one thing I'm excited to grab onto again? The calendar app on my phone. It has purpose once more. Planning things on the weekends, hopefully more gatherings and celebrations. Graduation parties will be a thing again, hopefully with a little less distance between us all. Birthdays and engagements and fundraisers, less virtual, more in-person. Weddings can finally happen. We can dance. And as we get ready to feed our inner party animal that's been dormant for the past 14 months, caterers are ready. I think people are ready, ready to be out. Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, a catered event with Sess and Judy's Catering Company. My partner Judy and I are celebrating our 40th anniversary this year. The way eating at gatherings might be changed forever. The normal they're most excited to get back to and ideas for your next vaxxed up party. I love that tip. I think that makes it kind of fun. Plus, as always, food news and your weekend planner. Cecily Hoffius has seen some stuff. She's a proper businesswoman, so I couldn't get her to divulge the horror stories I'm sure she has to have experienced over 40 years of doing this, of nightmare mothers of the bride, of after-hours executives at the company Christmas party, or shenanigans at the bougie birthday celebration. I bet it's juicy. But like everything she does, she kept the chat professional. Well, I'm sure I've had some of those, why am I doing this moment? <laughs> <laughs> When you're, you're there at the event and uh, maybe things aren't going quite the way you want or you're running around and trying to keep it going. Um, but I, I don't have any regrets about it. I mean, I, I think it's been fun. I still love doing it. Uh, I love being at the events. Um, you know, there's nothing like seeing a bride at the end of the night and having her saying everything was perfect. It was, you know, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. You know, we kind of uh, fulfill dreams. And I think that's what makes it so much fun. Cecily is Cess. She and her partner Judy started with a restaurant in the Central West End. They moved to the Missouri Botanical Garden, started their catering program, then the zoos, and then they expanded from there. They're now exclusive or at least preferred caterers for so many venues around the St. Louis area. They've also opened venues of their own. For a while in Frontenac and now at a gorgeous 25-acre property not far from Six Flags with an old stone house, a contemporary event space, and llamas because the place used to be a llama farm. So that's been fun, although last year was not much fun <laughs> for any new business, I'm sure. Restaurant Business Magazine has taken a look at this. Catering was a $64 billion industry in 2019 and climbing at an impressive rate, stronger in fact than the restaurant industry overall. And not just the social stuff we're talking about, you know, the fun stuff that comes to my mind when I think of catering, but also the work, breakfast, lunch, and dinners that some generous companies provide their employees during meetings or when things get really busy and hectic. But when the pandemic hit, caterers had to pivot, just like their restaurant cousins, offering delivery or carryout programs, even meal kits or selling grocery provisions outright. Because not only was the fun stuff not happening, but the gatherings at workplaces weren't happening either. It got real quiet real fast. It was pretty disastrous, as I'm sure it was for most people in our industry. There was two months, March, April, where we literally didn't do anything. 
so we had talked about starting a carryout program before that. And so now we had the time to do it. So we launched that program. We did some complimentary meals to like the fire department, police department, some of the hospitals. And then we had the option when you ordered from us that you can make a donation and people were very generous. So we were able to donate a lot of meals probably over those first six or seven months to various people. Um, and then I guess in June, the city, the county started opening up a little bit, but what we experienced then was that things were much smaller because people weren't traveling. Um, and a lot of people moved to this year, 2021, from 2020 to 21. Um, but so it was a really, really slow year. She says PPP money helped them get through it. While things are happening once again, it is going to be a while before they're feeding packed dance floors once again. So that money was really helpful and uh, people were able to get unemployment. So like in the kitchen, people could work a few hours a week and get unemployment. So we've been able to sustain so far, thank goodness, because now you, nobody wants to seems to want a new job. <laughs> so it's going to get a little tricky this year. Um, but it's we're this year by fall, I think we'll be able to say that things are pretty normal in terms of our business level. Mm -hmm. Like right now, we have some things, but mostly they're not as big and it's not quite as as busy as it would normally have been. For instance, we cater at Opera Theater St. Louis during their season. We do box dinners every day. Well, they're, last year they did nothing. And then this year their audience size is a third of what it was in the past. So, you know, that means you're not going to do the business that you used to do. I know that with some venues, they're crazy booked right now because of people pushing things back. So it, on one hand, it's easy to just think that, of course, you guys are bouncing back and things are back to almost overdrive normal because of everything being delayed last year. But what you're saying about the volume still being a lot smaller, that really just changes the dynamics, I'm sure, to being something that even in 40 years is unlike any other year is unlike anything we've ever experienced before. And we've been through other things, you know, 9-11, the 2008 financial crisis, but nothing uh, has compared to this. And now, as I said, events are getting smaller. We're also seeing a lot of requests for people having a small party, like maybe 20 or 30 people at home and want something dropped off. And all of a sudden we're getting a lot of those requests because I think people now, like you said, a little more comfortable being around other people, but maybe they don't really want to be out in a larger setting. It's a little ironic, I think, after the last year, what Sass had to say about why she loves catering so much, even more so than running a restaurant. What I like about catering is that it's predictable. And I'm saying this, of course, in a year that was totally unpredictable. <laughs> but we know on Saturday we're going to feed 60 people or 120 people or 250 people. We know what they're going to eat. And we know if we have special dietary requests. So we, you can plan for that. You can staff for that. You know, you don't do the same thing day after day. We're doing different things every day. So I think it's more interesting, but the, as, a, as an owner, the predictability is, helps you sustain your business because you, you know, until last year, you, were, you knew what was gonna happen. You know, you had a good handle on what your income was gonna be, what resources you needed, what staff you needed to, to get, you know, to make those things happen. I've been working from home for a little while and thinking about when they used to do on election night, there would be pizza brought to the newsroom. And whenever we just feed the big crew, <laughs> you, you have, you go in and you grab it and you eat food. Then it turned into everybody had their own little boxed something, you know, right. or you, you go to different places and we eat differently now in large groups. 
yes. because of our, not just the numbers of us, but then also just health and safety concerns means we have to eat a little bit differently. So how have you changed things to help feed us in our new normal? Well, we do get requests for 30 lunches individually packed and we have organizations who have done um, uh, galas uh, where we might've delivered to 50 or 60 people uh, a meal or uh, a, you know some special something that they wanted to be part of their Zoom event. So that we definitely turned in that direction. And I think, I don't know that that's gonna change a whole lot. I think people are gonna continue to say, you know, I've got 25 or 30 people, but I want individual meals. We're not gonna go through a buffet and share utensils and, and that sort of thing. So I think the key right now is being flexible and seeing what people trying to be accommodating as you can to what people want. They're used to being able to figure out what people want. Chocolate fountains, ice luges, charcuterie spreads. There's always a new thing to not just provide the mmm factor, but the wow factor too. Cecily shares responsibility for staying on trend. Well, I think that um, I give a lot of credit to our chef. Um, she's been with us for 20 years, and I think she drives that. I think our sales managers also, uh, are like everybody else, are on Pinterest, and they'll come in and say, oh, I, you know, look at this great picture of this grazing <laughs> Um, so, you know, we constantly get that kind of input. When you think about, when I think about when we started catering, I, we had printed menus, which we do now, but the bride would get on the phone and pick her menu, great, and we're gone. Now, it's nothing like that. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that up to six people a lot of times come in and weigh in on the wedding food. <laughs> and they want to taste it. And like I said, a lot of times they have a special dish they want to do, or they uh, an ethnic theme that they want to have. So it's very different. Are there any changes or trends or trends you think are going to stick around that maybe those of us planning big events should uh, have in mind? Like, for example, buffets, are those going to come back still? I don't know. Well, we've never stopped doing buffets. We built plexiglass shields on our buffets and put our staff behind them with gloves and masks. We've done that from day one. We're still doing it. And it's a good question is, is it going to go away? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I think as long as people want it, we will keep doing it um, because I think it makes people feel so much safer. And I mean, it is safer. I think um, we're starting to see some served meals coming back in the fall. So people are a little more confident, I guess, about that. But I guess it's just hard to know what people are going to want. <laughs> you know, you just have to be able to listen and, and uh, go with the moment. Um, we're doing more themed stations now. I see a lot of people doing that, which is more interactive, which that means those people are willing to mingle with each other. Um, and then they also get to try a lot of different foods. We do see that being popular and people customizing, you know, like you might come to us and say, my family has a special dish and I'd like to do something like that for my wedding. We, we do get a lot of that as well. So maybe family's a little more important to people now because, you know, things have changed and <laughs> people have lost people and it makes you think a little differently about the, the people around you. What are some of your favorite entertaining tips and tricks for people who are trying to set a table and invite some loved ones over to enjoy a good meal? Hmm, well, that's a good question. Um, I think um, if you can do one kind of unusual thing, that, that I think that's people, you know, something different that people don't see every day. I love that tip. I think that makes it kind of fun. And of course, there's so much you can do visually 
at home in terms of making a table look look different or interesting um, without you know adding a whole lot. But um, and maybe of course specialty cocktails are a thing right now. So even at home you can have a specialty cocktail that you can have ready for people. So those might be a couple things that would spice things up a little bit. Okay, so producer Dory, when you are not at your home audio booth set up um, recording the podcast with me and you are at a fancy event and it's the cocktail hour and what what do you what do you do first you scope out the appetizers do you go to the bar do you sign the guest book like what's your what's your move all right so trying to think back because it has been seriously (laughs) at least over a year obviously since I've even been to something fancy like that but I think I kind of do a combination of things. I definitely scope out the food trays that are going by to make sure I'm going to get the right thing first. And then I kind of make it over to the bar and get myself a drink. And then when you're walking to the bar, you're seeing all the other foods, then you can kind of plan your attack of which food you're going to try first. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of when people have the trays of appetizers and they're all very unique. Like I don't even really ask what it is. Most of the time I'm like, sounds good. Let me try this. And like the little bites or the things in the big spoons and you just have, have a bite of that or whatever. Most of the time, my first move is to the bar, but that's just because, (laughs) yeah, I like to have one. I like to have a drink in one hand and all the snacks in the other one. Oh, I'm so excited for that to be a normal thing again. Same, same here. So we have more exciting things to uh, talk about here, including some good news from one of our friends of the podcast uh, in our food news roundup. Dory, what do we got for Steve's hot dogs? They're moving to a bigger space. So they're actually not going to be going far from where they are right now. They're just going down grand to the space where Mangia Italiana was previously. Uh, Owner Steve Ewing said that they've been looking to expand and grow for some time now, but they were patiently waiting for that right spot because they still wanted to stay close to their Tower Grove East neighbors. So this new location is going to have nearly twice the amount of dining space, plus a room for a stage. So we could have some more live performances in there from Steve. Um, And then they're also going to have an expanded patio space and a new bar. This is sounding like a really big increase for them after they shut down a little over a year ago. So some really big rebounds for them. Um, They're expecting to make this move sometime this summer. I love it. Yes. As a reminder, we had the, the um, Steve on for an episode back in October, the show most must go on and yeah, what one heck of an encore. Um, I think it's cool too, that they picked this manja space because it's kind of part of the reason why that place became um, so beloved is as a late night spot, as a hangout spot, you know, you hear a play, it just, it's not, it's not that Italian food is stuffy or anything like that, but you kind of have, you know, your mom and pop, your homie. This was a little bit more eclectic and the vibe in there was, um, you know, you always had a big cast of characters and a lot of diversity in the uh, clientele there, at least anytime I went and ate there. And I think it sounds like a really perfect spot for them. I don't think they're going to have to do too much to the space to make it feel like home for Steve's. And I think it's cool too, that they're staying in that neighborhood just one more cool thing happening on Grand. It's always always cool to see good stuff happening there and if, uh, space is being filled. 
Agreed. Yeah. Especially since it's just down the street from where I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not all good news though, when it comes to restaurants, um, we do have a closure to let you all know about. Yeah. So South City's F&B's Eatery, which is in Lindenwood Park, announced on Facebook that they had to make the difficult decision um, to shut down. They also hinted though, that this small, fast, casual place might make a comeback at some point. So the owner wrote that they were encouraged by the recent easing of capacity restrictions. And that has given them a glimmer of hope that F&B's Eatery 2.0 could be possibility down the line. Could be in the works. Uh, Let's hope. I am excited about this event, Dory. I never have gone to one of these, but I think 2021 might be the year. I am right there with you. So the zoo is bringing back their adult only events. Now these are going to be sprinkled throughout the summer Uh, for the 21 and plus crowd only. They're calling these night at the zoo. Now you have to get advanced tickets for these events and they are going to be limiting attendance. So it won't be too crowded. Um, But going to these events, it gives you access to all of those extras that you usually have to pay for like the railroad. And there's a couple other things I think like the sea lion show maybe too, Uh, but you get access to all of that plus two drink tickets. And the best part here, an animal themed face mask. I just love that. That's almost, that's pretty much convinced me that I want to go. So they're going to have four of these. The first one is coming up here on May 27th. I think they're all on Thursdays too. What animal face mask would you want? Oh, I would go between two for sure. A penguin or a tiger. Oh, you got to go with the tiger because it's like, ah, up in your face. Uh. Yeah. Mm, I think that that sounds fun because I also really like city museum has done this, the zoo with the science center, having their, um, you know, food and beverage themed events. It's very cool because St. Louis growing up here, we both know that there's a ton of fun stuff to do as a kid and with your family, but you know, for, For those of us who maybe don't have kids to be toting around at this point yet, whether it's not yet or, you know, folks who are already done toting the kids around, uh, it's Mm -hmm. fun to have cool reasons to go back to some of these St. Louis favorites. So love it. Get back to the zoo. Hey, Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? So I was thinking about this one and I think I did this a couple of weeks ago, but this is another instance of where the food was good, but the company and the situation were even better. So I got to spend Mother's Day with my mom, aunt, and cousin. Um, it was the first time. It was it was so good. It was the first time that the four of us really got to hang out like that in over a year. So it was just, it was it was really nice. Um, my cousin made brisket, which was really good. Mm. I made hearty potatoes. Um, we had store bought cookie cake. Nothing too crazy or overly fancy, but. It was just really nice being able to spend the afternoon with my mom and cousin, just catching up and chatting with them like old times. It was a special Mother's Day for sure um, yes. in that way. So mine was something new that I was just craving something different and If you want some good Asian food, of course, U-City has that big, long stretch of little Chinatown there, um, even Chinatown Plaza, where you will find soup dumpling. It Hmm. is the type of place that you're looking at the signage and like the bright, colorful um, bar stools in the window. It kind of looks like the type of place you'd see just like in Chicago or California or New York or something like that. You go in, it's pretty simple they really only have like soup dumplings on the menu. And so what is a soup dumpling? It's basically like a 
pot sticker dumpling um, shaped kind of like an onion, right? Like it's uh, Mm -hmm. wrapped up with that same doughy outside, but on the inside, instead of just the filling, it has a little bit of soup in it too, like a broth. So they have this giant diagram on the wall for how you're supposed to eat this. You um, take your chopsticks, you pick it up, and you bite the top of it off to almost like vent out the heat because otherwise, I mean, that sounds like very painful. Bite into a hot soup dumpling. (laughs) And they come in the little baskets so they're freshly steamed and all of that. And you um, kind of pour it into your spoon and you eat the dumpling and you like dip it in the broth. You can sip the soup. You can add little sauces to it and stuff. It sounds like a lot of work, but it really wasn't. Like you get the hang of it right away and it was really tasty. And I also thought it was pretty cool because- Went on Monday evening, not a ton of restaurant, Monday night's not a super big restaurant night, right? Mm -hmm. But it was like a pretty cool crowd in there. Like I'm pretty sure there was some like high school students in there just getting together and having dinner. There was definitely a first date happening behind me and that was cool. And so again, with the environment being pretty neat too. So soup dumpling, I got the um, crab and pork filled one and it was really good. So like, if you like pot stickers, like I do, then this is a really good tasty option. I loved it. That sounds really good and definitely not what I was expecting when you said soup dumplings, but a whole little experience with your meals sounds kind of fun. It was. I'm okay taking my time and eating like that. That's true. Exactly. Exactly. And I was pretty hungry going in there, but it was pretty filling afterward too, because I feel like a lot of times, like if you eat intentionally, it Mm -hmm. make it work. So Mm -hmm. can you believe we are halfway through May already? I mean, as crazy as last year was, last year was the longest decade. And I feel like 2021 (laughs) is flying by like crazy. But Mm -hmm. like we said at the beginning of the episode, we are finally starting to put things on the calendar again. So we want to let you know about a few things happening this weekend, May 14th through 16th. Once again, Central West End's Streetery is back. It's every Friday and Saturday night. They'll have open-air dining from about 20 restaurants and bars. They're expanding their patios onto Euclid. They close off some of the traffic around there, so heads up for parking. But it is a fun event they did last year. They kind of got it started, and they are continuing it this summer. I stopped by this past weekend. And first off, it is kind of crazy because so many of those places have closed. Um, you know, you don't have cold peppers anymore. You don't have, um, I stopped at Brennan's where they mm-hmm. are what very me, I guess to do that, but, um, they are getting ready to reopen of soon. They don't have a date yet, but they're opening soon. But you can, if you're missing your Brennan's cocktails, you can stop by and get that. Uh, Borough Loco is still open. And then, of course, all of the places that are down the way a little bit. It's a nice, nice way to still enjoy the. I, this is one of those things that I hope sticks around post pandemic forever. It's just a little bit more dining in the streets, en plein air, enjoying the fresh air while you're eating. And I think it's a fun expansion thing. And that's happening once again in the Central West End. All right. So we also have a bunch of festivals. It's like festival season is back all of a sudden. <laughs> so first up, we've got Friday and Saturday, the Maplewood Street Festival. So this is technically two different events that are kind of combined here. Friday only is String Fest, where they're going to have musicians performing live all up and down Manchester. And then also all of their businesses will be set up on the sidewalks, selling food, drinks, and other items. And then Friday and Saturday is Taste of Maplewood, where you can get out there Try a bunch of those 
amazing restaurants that they have in Maplewood. You can sample, see what they have to offer, kind of walk up and down the street with your food and drink in hand. They're also going to have businesses set up there so you can um, see what other goods Maplewood has to offer. And that is Friday and Saturday. The Daniel Boone Homebrew Festival keeps up festival season on Saturday in Defiance. It's a beer festival in wine country out in St. Charles County where you can sample more than 30 Missouri beers made by home brewers from across the Show Me State. Um, it's going to be spread throughout the Daniel Boone Home Village grounds just to keep things safe. Tickets are required. Capacity is limited. So if you're interested in this, hop online and get to it now. The tickets will include, though, unlimited beer sampling, souvenir glasses, and a tour of the house. And festival season continues with something a little bit more sweet. The Eckerd's Strawberry Festival is underway. So you can go and pick your own strawberries any day of the week now at the Belleville Farm. But on Saturdays and Sundays, they're amping things up a little bit with some extra fun throughout May with the Strawberry Festival. They're going to have live music, festival foods, kids pony rides, kids only, Abby, uh, a kids play area. I know, dang it. <laughs> and there'll also be a petting zoo. So everybody can enjoy that. Dory, I don't know if you remember this because we haven't done this in person in a while, but I'm quite small. I think I could pull it off. <laughs> you could possibly pull it off. Yeah. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. <laughs> Abby St. Louis is a five on your side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Make sure you're subscribed to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We're working on some fun things for you in the coming weeks, but we also want to know what you want to hear about. So make sure you hit us up on Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Wherever you listen to us, leave us a rating and a review so people can find us as well. Have a fantastic fest-filled weekend and seize the plate. Ooh, la, la.